back to System Ministry. This is Brent. Cox. And I'm Peyton, and you're stupid for doing that. So, for our listeners who aren't on our IRC channel 24-7, thanks to Jathan. We were playing with a bot today, playing with its like timer function, like you can make it ping someone at a, a certain time. And we queued up a whole bunch, specifically taters, shout out to taters, we queued up a Yo, whole taters, bunch of up? just messages, just a spot, pinging Jathan and saying, cock. Over and over, and it was fantastic. Just like random time intervals throughout the day, it was fantastic. Are you still getting them? I think I'm done for today, maybe. Um, <laughs> i probably get more tomorrow. Well, the thing about it is, is, like, I walked away from my desk this morning to get coffee and just like go catch up with everybody, and I came back and my name, I was just highlighted like a million times, and it wasn't even the messages from the bot, it was everybody telling the bot to send me <laughs> messages later. So like, I knew it was gonna happen, but I, I didn't really out of the time so eventually I would like look down at my client and be like oh I got a ping and then I'd go and it was just the bot saying cock <laughs> <laughs> so good and the funny thing is like normally Jathan hates being pinged for stuff that he, that's not like important but well it's we, we joke about it yeah. because it's because he, he flips his so shit. He flips well, his because shit. if somebody actually wants something, like, I want to answer them. But I try not to just sit on IRC at work all day, so when I look down at my computer and I have a ping, it's like, oh, somebody might actually want nope. something or have a question. No. But most of the time, it's literally, literally most of the time, it's just these fucking assholes messing <laughs> with me. Just being like, Jathan, 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 Jathan. And then I'll be like, what? And they're like, cock. Oh, okay. No. No. No, I would say hi to you. Occasionally. No, all the time. I I didn't do it. My favorite person. is the empty ping though, where it's just Jathan colon, and then another one, and then another one like five times in a row. Do you have any audible ping set for your client? I used to. <laughs> <laughs> it was one day, then it was like it was Payton and Forge that just kept saying yeah. Jathan with with colons, and I was like, fuck this, I can't, that's, I can't fucking deal anymore. That's the day I'm mm-hmm. thinking of where you just lost it. Yeah. Lost his freaking. Oh gosh, so oh, good. No kidding, I lost it, fuckers. Ah, oh, Jesus, you can't even have like a serious life anymore. Just we love you too. People, fuck it up. <laughs> I think like for the past like five episodes, you haven't introduced yourself with your actual name. I'm Jathan. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, yeah. We should get we should get our editors just like copy that and just like overwrite the cocks part. <laughs> In I fact, just every say, time I should just randomly say "cox" in the middle of the episode. No, I was gonna then say people will understand what it's like. No, no, no. And then I should just like have her like just paste "cox" in every time, or paste Jathan in every time we say the word "cock." I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> That's too much work. I'm sorry. Don't don't do that. But yeah, that'd be that'd be quality. Because then people are like, "Why are they just keep? Why do they keep saying Jathan over and over again?" Because it's funny. It's yeah. not that funny. I think it's kind no, of funny. Really nah, nah, nah. It's it pretty is. It, it pretty much is. Well, the good news is, is your opinion doesn't matter in this <laughs> regard. So yeah. Well, I've got a picture of what you can do with yours. You fuck. What picture would that be? Wow. Uh, it's, it's basically like a diagram. That's like you've seen it. I, I've shared it for sure. It's wow. it's like here's what you can do with your opinion, and it's someone taking a piece of paper, rolling it up, and inserting I, I, it into I, their rectum. I'm, I'm I don't. Of... I don't think I've ever seen that. Peyton's seen, seen it. You've seen it. Yeah, you've seen he, it. he's seen it. Seen I don't it. think I have. That sounds really you, unfamiliar you, yeah. to me. I feel like that's something where yeah. if I've seen it, I would know. Well, we're gonna have to link to it in the show notes now. Don't. So. I'm not putting it in the show notes. No, it's a good diagram to send to people. No. No. I don't know about that. I'll tweet it, but I won't put it in the show notes. Anyways. Oh my lord. Whatever. Just just Google it. What to do with your opinion. <laughs>
If what you see you? one with an anus in it, you Javon, I'm one. trying to start the show. Oh my god. What are you drinking? Great question. I am drinking Howdy Beer from the Post Brewing Company in Lafayette, Colorado. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's a Pilsner. It's a little bit hoppy, the, but not really. It's it's pretty crisp. I like it. The mm-hmm was for Peyton. Oh. Oh, I, I am currently drinking some water, actually. Mm-hmm. I had a, a little bit of a late dinner and wasn't good for... <laughs> I'll have some beer later. Okay. I have Miller Lite in the house. So that's probably what I'll have. Fair enough. I So my friend had like a really rough day the other day, so we went to a bottle shop and... We're like, you know, we're just going to get a bunch of beer and just have fun and just like forget about the, our woes. So I got three fancy ass beers. The first one is a uh, left hand brewing company's wake up dead nitro. It's a pretty mm. good one. Interesting. It's good. I don't. What's it like? Uh, intense. It's a Russian Imperial stout, oh, yeah. and it was it's like really heavy. Yeah. And also it was it's really sharp tasting. It was like drinking vinegar mm. um, or like. Oh, really? Or almost Ooh. like a vodka beer kind of. A, it had a really sharp taste to it, but mm. I mean, it was it was good. It is it is crafted well. I'll put it that way. You know what? Yeah. Scratch my drink. I'm sorry. Scratch my drink. I'm gonna go ahead and have my grass scotch. There you go. That's what I'm gonna have. I'm gonna make some scotch right grass now. Grass scotch. G R A S S. Grants. 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 I think Grants. The same one from last Okay. Time. Right. Got it. And then earlier, like right before the show, I finished off a fat tire. I think we've talked about fat tire on the show before. If not, I'll link it, because I always try and link it. Not even once. I don't know about that, man. (laughs) And then right now, during the show, I'm drinking a Weyerbacher Merry Monks, which is one of my favorites. Not my most favorite, but it's up there. So, yeah, I think Ah, that's... You good? That's good good scotch. Okay. Yeah, that's good. You want to do the news? Are you ready for it? I'm ready for the news. Okay. (laughs) He's just drowning in a bottle Ah. of alcohol now, but he's ready. All right, so this is payment of the news. Du, 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 du. We need to get an actual like the sound for that. Out, I don't. You know? I don't know if we can find like a, a properly licensed one. So I'll look. There should but. there should be a well, yeah. Anyway, so there, here I here's payment of the news. So the iPhone Seven was released. They removed the headphone jack. Funnily enough, I saw a spoof ad that showed how to get the new headphone jack. How to get a headphone jack in? Please don't do this. It's not real. Also, iOS 10 dropped as well. Mm. I checked it out. It's pretty neat. Not, don't really care about it, though. Okay, so the next thing is we have Phantom, F-A-N-T-O-M, ransomware, which pretends to be a Windows update and encrypts your files while pretending to be this update. I believe there's actually a counter that shows, that like a percent meter that shows while it's encrypting it. Yeah, it shows configuring window, critical Windows updates, 100% complete, do not turn off your computer. So if you get this... You can close the screen by hitting the Control F4 keyboard combination. It will terminate the fake Windows update process and display your regular screen. However, the ransomware will continue encrypting files in the background. Oh my gosh. Wait, is that Control Function 4 or Control F and 4? Control Function Key 4. Okay. Let's see. It encrypts, it generates a random AES 128 key using RSA. And then uploads to the developer's command and control server. It scans local drives for files that contain target extensions. And encrypts them using the same encryption. Uh, when it encrypts a file, it will append the dot phantom extension. Let's see now. Then it will display the ransom note called decrypt underscore your files, your underscore files dot HTML. Includes your key ID and instructions to email. Then they'll change your wallpaper to this phantom all files encrypted. Encrypted is misspelled. It says E-N-C-R-I-P-T-E-D. Should be a Y there, by the way. Yeah. So I don't see a resolution for this. In this email and there or in this uh, article, and 
pretty much every targeted file extension is, is pretty much every file extension out there. So best defense is backups. Mm-hmm. Set it multiple times. The next, yeah, the next thing we have is a Pokemon rootkit that targets Linux. I uh, This is weird. Uh, it requires a tool if you're going to detect it, which doesn't use libc. Uh, you're going to list the contents of the default Umbreon rootkit folder using Linux syscalls directly. Mm. It's a user mode rootkit. Interesting. Oh, it's named after the Pokemon character Umbreon. Okay. So, and then Cisco's network bugs are front and center in their bankruptcy fight. So apparently Cisco is notorious for having bugs. Who knew? And they're also currently in a bankruptcy fight. So that's been brought to light. And apparently, uh, you know, what? 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 Cisco isn't really filing for bankruptcy. It's, It's a business that's kind of suing Cisco. Because of sure. the downtime. Sure. Yeah. Peak web mm-hmm. is who it is. I don't know how plausible that sounds. What do you mean? Uh, it's in the courts right now. No, no, no. I know that. But I, I mean, just web. in general, like the idea of suing Cisco because of downtime. Like, well, it's not in the courts, but it's, it's on its way to the courts. Well, here's the thing. Well, so if you sell a product that's faulty right. with no way of fixing that faultiness... That's on you. That's like, that's a business claim. But there's also not a sticker on the side of it that says like 100% uptime guaranteed. So I just feel like the legality is not there to have a lawsuit. But, but the point, I think what, I think what Brent's saying and, and, you know, please forgive me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. but what they're, what they're trying to allege probably is that, you know, Cisco markets their gear as being, you know, the best in the business. Mm -hmm. And if you have the best in the business gear, you should not have any, any downtime. I think uh, what five nines is like an hour for a year. Is that correct? Am I wrong in that? I oh, I, I did the math recently. It's not, it's, it's not an hour. It's it's more a little bit more than an hour, but essentially it's like half a day or an hour. Mm. I don't know the math on top of my head, but you know if Cisco is saying that they can provide five nines uptime, you know I'd be curious what they're saying is is the reason for their downtime is it the ISP or is it Cisco gear? Mm-hmm. Right. It's peak web though, and they were founded in two thousand one, and so they worked with companies like MySpace, JDate, eHarmony, and Uber. Mm-hmm. And they had a four million dollar a month contract with Machine Zone. They had to keep a game called. I had to keep something called Game of War running with fewer than twenty seven minutes of outages a year. Is that and is it, they couldn't make it more than a month without an outage lasting almost an hour? Is that the the mobile app game that uses uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the commercials? No, that's uh, is, I don't think so. Game Game of War. I don't yeah, think I don't, so. I don't know. It it sounds familiar, but I don't think. Anyways, yeah, Jathan, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like it's it's not because they're suing for any specific uptime requirement or anything like that. It's not sure. SLA related. It's more so related to the bugs being present and not being fixed. It doesn't look like it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger one because that's something else entirely. Okay, there's too many of them. Mobile Strike. Mobile Strike. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mobile Strike is the one with Arnold. Game of War is not. Got it. We we say this like we know and play this. <laughs> <laughs> I just know I see the the commercials on like YouTube and crap. All right, so the next thing is there's a MySQL exploit, which, uh, let's see if I can get this title down correctly here. Remote code, remote root code execution, privilege escalation. It's a zero day. It affects MySQL 5.7.15, 5.6.33, and 5.5.52, including MariaDB and PerconaDB. I think that's less than or equal to those versions that you just listed. Right, less than or equal to. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. It's a nasty one, too. Like I was, yeah. I read the the whole white paper on it. That's like okay. So go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say like 
number one, if you're not worried about SQL injections, you really should be because of shit like this. And number two, yeah, right. some distros do some really stupid shit, like shipping etsy.my.conf with MySQL user write privileges. You don't need that. It just needs to read it. And usually when it inits, like the init script or what have you, starts as root and then drops down to MySQL. So it reads the config first mm -hmm. as root. So you really don't need to have any sort of MySQL <laughs> permissions on that bullshit. But the, the basic of it is they do a MySQL injection and through that are able to append to the MySQL config. And then through that, they can load any sort of arbitrary library file. And then in that library file, it can contain malware, rootkit, whatever you want, basically. Reverse shell. And from there, you can do anything. So it's a pretty nasty bug. I would say chmod, chown, and chattr, your Etsy myconf. And mm -hmm. don't run MySQL open. That's a big one. Like, just don't mm -hmm. keep the port open to the world. And check your shit for injections. You know, because that's that's going to be like the first line of attack in a lot of MySQL vulnerabilities. So yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So this, yeah, this is an extensive white paper. I, I was just reading it. I I can't do it justice. There's just too much information in there to read it after you guys and mm. try to collate. Uh, there's just way too much in here. But I would I would definitely recommend reading it for sure. Like like uh, Brent says, I mean, it looks for my.com and stuff. So do that for sure. This is a big deal. Definitely definitely take your time with this and get to know it. Uh, the next bit of news is we have the Tor browser has been exposed anti-privacy implementation at a mass scale so there's a series of vulnerabilities that allows a malicious exit node operator or global adversary to conduct a silent remote code execution attack on all platforms all platforms so let's see now the list of vulnerable deployments includes the native tor browser for windows linux os x and installed browser installations on dedicated systems such as tails and hunix w-h-o-n-i-x Hoonix? Mm -hmm. Wonix. Is that what it is? Uh, what? What? Wonix. Sounds cool. Wonix? No, it's Hoonix. It's, it? it's, okay. it's an anonymity-based yes. distro. It's called Hoonix. Huh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right, keep going. God, keep going. <laughs> so they gain custody of the addons.mozilla.org TLS certificate. They deploy malicious exit nodes. They intercept the NoScript extension. Return a malicious update. Metadata file... The extension payload is downloaded and silently installed without user interaction. Execution is gained. Yeah. So just be careful what you click on. <laughs> yeah. Read everything. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think everybody knows my stance on Tor and its affiliated projects right. at this point. So right. I don't need to re-edit <laughs> Not a fan. Not a fan. Not um, a fan. Yeah. Okay. So a judge in... Texas ruled that the use of FBI malware is considered a search. So civil liberty advocates say that this guy got it right when he ruled on a controversial child porn case regarding the FBI's use of malware. This was District Judge David Allen Ezra of the San Antonio Division ruled that sending malware to someone's computer to covertly retrieve information is considered a search under the Fourth Amendment. So now I wonder if they had a warrant. I feel he maintained that the he maintained that the FBI needed a proper warrant when it hacked Jeffrey Torres's computer and accused him of having child pornography on it. The ruling was on September 9th, and it's tied to their massive playpen child pornography investigation, where the agency we reported on this a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, where the agency uses a network investigative technique or NIT to de-anonymize de-anonymize users visiting the site who are using a Tor browser. Yeah, I like I'm so, almost positive we reported on. It. I looked back, but I couldn't find the episode, so. Well, we did, but it was a di it was a different version. It was a like in Virginia where they 
pretended to be pedophiles for like two weeks or whatever. Mm. So I think he's actually. I think no, this I, is I, actually. I thought we mentioned playpen specifically. We did. It was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I was in Virginia. This is not the same. This is right, right, same right. It's a different before. case. But like, I I wanted to link to it, but I couldn't. I couldn't find. It. All right, anyway, sorry. Uh, I'll uh, yeah. I'll look for so, it. So to do a search, obviously you need a search warrant. So I think that. So, the judge denied the defendant's motion to suppress evidence obtained by the NIT, NIT despite no specific warrant. So, basically, the judge is saying, also, it can't be proven that the FBI willfully rule, violated Rule 41. So, they did a change to Criminal Rule 41. I think we talked about that as well. A Virginia judge, I think this is the one we talked about. The Virginia judge ruled that the FBI did not need a warrant to hack into a suspect's PC and that the target of the investigation had no reasonable... Yeah, this is the one we did, because they said that if you're on the internet, you have no... Mm-hmm. Right to privacy. That's what the story yeah, was. And yeah. that's, I, I've got the link here, so I'll, I'll throw it on the notes. Thanks. So, yeah, so, so basically, you know, just don't, just don't do child porn, okay? That's the, that's the best thing, it really is. Also, FBI, stop hacking our shit. Compromise. Yeah, our, yeah, that, that, that too. It's a twofold thing to learn. Right. Yeah. Right. So the FBI director wants an adult conversation about backdooring encryption. FBI director James Comey is gathering evidence that in 2017, America can have an adult conversation about breaking encryption to make crime fighters' lives easier. Basically, what he wants to do is he wants to make it a law that they can have a backdoor. Um, this is not good. You know, I mean, the problem is, like, we had Microsoft lose their gold, you know, released or, or leaked their golden master key. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is a good idea, you know. If someone, not the FBI, got a hold of it and used it for malicious purposes, I mean... Oh, we we saw that with the NSA, know. too, yeah. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. We have another Trojan that turns Linux devices into a botnet. It will allow them to turn into a DDoS or botnet or spamming or ransomware. It's called the Linux.rex.1 malware, and it looks like it's a Drupal ransomware, but it could be more than that. So check your shit out. Mm. Let's see. We have... Okay, that's the Phantom. We talked about... Did talked about... Did I talk about Phantom already? Yeah, we did. So then now we have TechSource. So Ed, the Edgar Oganesh... Ed underscore TechSource on Twitter. He ran a giveaway and then doesn't send the prize. And then he blocks the winner on Twitter and then ignores his emails. And the only response once the winner's post hits the front pages of Reddit. So he apparently promised a PC, never delivered. He won the Budtron giveaway and uh, never received anything. This has been a couple months at least. Yeah, this is from July 2016. And finally he responded in, well, he had responded in September of 2016. Hold on, there's a lot here. It's, we've got a post to it. Looks like he actually sent some stuff uh, right around the 14th of September 2016. Oh, no, he showed the boxes. Okay. We have no resolution as of the 14th of September 2016. So, yeah, um, don't do anything with TechSource, I guess. Uh, jackass. Mm. And that's our news. There you go. There we go. So we were, there's not really, aside from the news stuff, there's not really a whole lot we wanted to talk about. So I had this idea like a week ago and then absolutely forgot about it. And then Jathan mentioned something in IRC today. And I was like, oh. Thanks, because I, I totally forgot forgot to add that to the scratch pad. We're going to talk about our personal setups, like our, our own workflows and stuff. And hopefully it helps you. And of course, you know, as always, we'd love to hear from you and, and see what you use and, and any tips and tricks and, and hacks in the traditional sense of the word that you use to make your life a little bit easier. Does anyone mm-hmm. want to go first? or I'd love to go first. Go. Do it. Been kind of sitting here quiet for a while. Are you going to sit there and talk about your Mac? <laughs> No, because I don't usually work on my Mac. Oh, All right, well, but there, there's some 
some personal room in here, so we'll just you wait. Just go. So, uh, oh. first thing that we have on our little list of things that we want to talk about is uh, distro and operating system. I think most people know that we all use Arch, but I'm here to talk about me. I use Arch on my work laptop. There's no real testing branch of Arch, or there sort of is, but I just use the normal repositories and whatever. So, not a huge deal. I do have a PC that runs Windows because I like to game occasionally. It's been admittedly a little bit out of commission recently because uh, I think I mostly need a new heatsink for my CPU or at least a new fan for the heatsink I have. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's also time for an upgrade. I need a new GPU and stuff. What version of Windows? What's your what's your specs, man? Break it down a little bit for us. It's uh, Windows 7, I think. Wow. Well, I might try yeah. Windows 10, but I certainly wasn't going to use Windows 8. Yeah. What's wrong, what's wrong with Windows 8? Windows 8 is essentially Windows 7 with uh, a wrapper around it and speed uh, boosts. No, it sucks. Okay, whatever. We won't get into this debate. We'll save that for another right. episode. Yeah, right? Sure. Anyway, uh, I don't I don't really want to go into the specs. It's not really related. I mean, it's oh, a okay. PC. It has a GPU. I'm going to get a new one. <laughs> I don't even... Yeah, I mean, right now I don't game at all. I don't even have a desk in my new apartment, truthfully. That's a big problem. I, I can't it, live without a desk. Is it an emulated GPU? <laughs> you guys are some real fucks. Can we have a can we have a double baddie tonight? And just no, no. Yeah. No, I that's the baddie last time. That's true, but uh, it, it's not really so. a baddie because it didn't cause a fail. It's just sometimes well, you, you say things, and it's it's the example of. Yes, there absolutely are stupid questions because it's stuff you should know the answer to. <laughs> Whatever, fuck off. <laughs> okay, anyway, keep going. We'll move on keep going. So can... With regards to that, the one thing I say, or uh, you know, Brent and Peyton probably know a little bit at least from listening to me. Mm. The one thing is, I kind of have a thing like I fucking hate that today we have nine hundred package managers for shit. Yeah, thank like you. I hate mm. that we have APM and NPM and PIP and Anaconda, and it's just like. If something doesn't exist as a fucking package for your distribution, package it is like my best advice. If you know how or you're capable or try to encourage somebody else to package it and like help them out however you can. I also had the idea of some distro adopting or I guess patching their own package manager to deal with external package managers. So you'd have like, for instance, Pac-Man in Arch's case that understands how to interact with PIP and NPM and all that. Mm. Yeah. So um, where would that come in though? Like, if you wanted to install a Python package, could it be packaged for pip or Pac-Man, or would would the well, standard it, become it always is a pip package then, or a Python package? I I think the important thing is just adding support. So like sort of like as a stopgap between the two, Got because it. there's the the influx of new Python packages is way faster than the influx of new Arch packages. Right? Yeah, and f- for good reason, right? I mean, right, yeah, a lot of Python there's... packages are much more obscure than packages that a whole distro is going to adopt. And... Right. So, um, so, so my beef with that, though, right. is you just end up with fucking files all over the place. Sometimes mm-hmm. an uninstall from these various package managers isn't necessarily clean. I don't like Cruft. When I use Gen 2, when I use Gen 2, I had Cruft because Gen 2 just does that. And, you know, you learn to clean it out and manage it over time. But if you can avoid it at all, that's like a huge thing that drives me insane is like when things end up all over the place. I don't even like installing stuff in my home directory that much Mm -hmm. unless I have to do it as like a proof of concept. Yeah. Like I very, very strictly limit where I install things and how I install things. That's obviously not really related to the distro I run, but (laughs) it gives you an idea of sort of how I like to be organized, I guess. Your workflow, yeah. 
Yeah. That's all about sure. Do you use anything special on your Mac for workflow? Nah, I honestly, I don't really work on my Mac anymore now that they hooked me up with a laptop at uh, BioFrontiers. Okay. So at, at most, though, get? it's a ThinkPad Carbon X1. I like it. I was going to ask you about that. How does it carry? Is it carry pretty nice? Oh, yeah. Yep. I couldn't ask for anything more. I mean, I got 16 gigs yep. of RAM, so I usually have like a CentOS 7 VM going for testing. Mm-hmm. Never have to worry about that running in the background. I get amazing battery life, which I know you guys don't care about as much as I do sure. either. But I care about that. I really like to I like. have my phone and my laptop and be able to like be away from my desk all day and not have to think about charging it. Yeah, and you're I can, also you're also in DC from time to time and stuff like that. Like I, Payton's usually at a desk. I work from home, so yeah. like power right. consumption isn't really a problem for either of yeah. us. But. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, if I do have to go downstairs, it's usually because there's some kind of, not literal, but a fire. Mm. I don't want to have to like, oh, where's my laptop charger? Because I need to go downstairs and I might be down there for an hour and a half. Like, it's kind of nice to not worry about that. Well, that, that's why I like the modern the modern Intel chips that we have. I mean, they're they're generally speaking, even with like an i7 running, I mean, I can get, I've got an Asus behind me that can get six or seven hours. Yeah. You know, and it's running a, a you know, i7. Right. So. Yeah, the Intel power management is great. Uh, yes, the is. scaling is really responsive. It's really quick to scale up and down. Never really have any For performance sure. issues. So you have i3 on it, or? Well, I think is that is that jumping ahead if I talk about that? No, I don't it, know. it doesn't I'm, have to I'm, be in this order or anything. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, so I run i3 on it for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. But for one thing, I found myself using GNOME for a long time. But mm-hmm. I always found myself, you know, using the feature that would sort of tile your windows for you and like you could divide up your screen and Mm -hmm. i finally got to the point where i was just like well if i'm going to do this manually anyway why don't i just use a tiling window manager the other thing is is i hate using a mouse if i can avoid it at all i just i don't want to touch a mouse i don't want to touch my touchpad i don't i don't want yeah so i3 you can control pretty much entirely with keyboard combinations which is nice it's really efficient for my workflow i think you know if i have firefox open i'm following a guide i can tile that specific i don't know if they call them panes or like it's basically the idea like the concept of a virtual desktop it's, it's windows. For a workspace it's, it's a window so it's considered a window i believe but i can split it in half and have firefox on the left half and a terminal on the right half and i can scroll through both simultaneously without really having to move around much mm-hmm. and that works really well for me and i also wasn't sure how it was going to work on a small screen my laptop's only like a 14.1 inch screen or whatever isn't it a 2k screen or a 3k screen okay I, I think it would qualify so really as like a 4K screen. I don't know. Is it a 4K it's, screen? Well, then you're you should have. Yeah, but my eyes aren't what they used to be. Dude, Same. you're 21. Yeah, but I start a computer all day. I. Uh, anyway, <sighs> I thought i3 might be a struggle on a small screen like that, but it's actually amazing, and I love it. So hmm. it does everything cool. I need it to. If there's something that's not built in that I would be used to, you know, I found workarounds at this point. It's not a big deal. That's cool. And to re- cool. reiterate, uh, he has implemented auto screen locking. Now, <laughs> yeah. So that's important that to me. An update from last episode. Did we talk about that last episode? That was our baddie. Dude. Oh, oh that's actually, that's a, that's, that's a different computer. Oh, okay. But I, I also fixed the one. Yeah. Got it. In question. Oh my God. Do you use i3 on your, on your desktop at work too? Yeah, but I haven't really taken the time to customize it as much as my laptop. So it's not as enjoyable yeah. for me. Mm. Sure. Well, you just, you just copy over your, uh, all your dot files. 
Yeah, I tried that, but it broke a lot because I actually installed extraneous packages and also some uh, fonts that I'm using. Well, which, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll fair. I'll, do you use, I'll get you a command. Do you use I3 block? I'm sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm totally capable of doing it. I just, honestly, my desktop at work, I mostly use for remote stuff. Like, if I have to run something that I know is going to take forever, I'll just run it on my desktop. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't really sit at my desk that often because right now they're doing construction in our uh, building, right. okay. so I almost never want to sit there and deal with my vibrating desk, which, you know, vibrating? could sound enjoyable. Oh, dude, the vibration is awful. It's like they're constantly drilling into the wall that's directly attached to my office. Oh, I didn't make the connection. Jesus. I thought, like, <laughs> never mind what I thought. Keep going. <laughs> they bought me that when they got me the laptop. Got it. Yeah, so what else could I really talk about here? Editor. I mean, I already, yeah, I already said I don't really like to use uh, keyboard and mouse. So for really quick things, like I just need somewhere to paste something, I'll typically open like G-Edit or Mousepad. But majority of the time, if I'm doing any serious editing, I'm using VI or Vim, really. Mm. Uh, recently, I've been playing around with very, very little, but Atom, Atom.io is the website for it. It's a mm. text editor and it's graphical, but it was uh, basically developed by GitHub, I think. I could be wrong about that. We'll check. We'll I'll see. Put it, I'll put it in the errata if it's wrong. But it's pretty cool because it's really extensible and it sort of breaks what I was just saying about having its own package manager, but it does actually for installing plugins and themes and stuff. The one thing I do like about it is it only ever uses one directory for all that stuff. So if I ever wanted to, I could just RM that directory and I'd be fine. Nice. So, you know, I or, use or it. Or sync or whatever, yeah. Yeah. So I tend to use that when I'm doing a little bit more heavy, like sort of copy paste operations, because it has a plugin that enables VI bindings, which I have enabled. So it's a lot like using Vim anyway. But, and I think we talked about this in IRC a little bit. It is a lot easier to use a graphical editor for that kind of copy paste mechanism once in a while. Yeah. Well, I, I think that was in our, our private channel. So like for clarification, like would you want to copy one part of a line and then paste that on like a new line or something? And it's like in the middle of the line. That's I love Vim and, and VI. Don't get me wrong, but like that's really hard to do. It's not impossible. Really you fast can use in Vim. visual mode, but it but takes you can forever. Do it. Because yeah. you're either pressing like. Or, uh, or mouse mode, but even then it's still more. Yeah. 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 It's, and I don't even. It's one of the few cases actually. where. It, yeah, it's one of the few cases where using a graphical editor, it may be faster. But yeah, the other thing that's kind of cool about Atom that I found is it has Git integration. So you can basically add a repository as like a, cool. a folder base and all the files within it become available. And it's really easy to add them, attach a commit message and then push those changes. Mm. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. As far like as email clients through the university, our email is actually provided by by Google. So I use Gmail. I could go for a real client and try to set up like encryption and stuff. But realistically, the majority of emails that I care about for work, you know, they come from the ticketing system, they come from monitoring, stuff like that. None of that is ever going to be GPG encrypted anyway. Mm. So I kind of don't bother. It's nice to just log into a web interface and whatever happens, happens. I mean, I know you guys probably don't agree with that. But <laughs> personally, if I'm trying to do something secure, I just don't use email. Okay. You don't. You just don't use email. If I'm if I'm trying to be like you know sneaky or some shit, like if I, like you know what I mean. Sneaky or safe? Sneaky. Like secure? No, no. Sneaky. What What do you? No, no. What do you mean by (laughs) sneaky, Jayvon? I mean like if I don't want people to read my shit. (laughs) Sneaky. Yeah, safe and secure, not sneaky. sneaky. Don't say sneaky because that makes you sound like you're doing some shady ass shit. I do shady ass shit, and if I'm gonna do shady ass shit, I don't use email. Arrest me. Do it, officer. Whatever. 
go. No, you know what I fucking mean. <laughs> so does everybody else. Sneaky. No, we really don't. You're kind of like, you know, being weird. You can't, you can't um, explain you sneaky people... by saying sneaky over and over again. <laughs> right. Listen <laughs> What's here. What's sneaky? Uh, it's sneaky. What? Whatever. I don't want people reading my email. Well, guess what, dude? Don't have freaking internet-facing email. <laughs> All right. I mean, come what, on, man. Whatever. Yeah, what well, about your browser? Yeah, so last thing that I'll, I'll probably touch on here is my browser. <laughs> Primary browser is Firefox. I use a pretty minimal theme. I don't really uh, add too many plugins or extensions or anything. I also keep Chromium on my laptop. If I ever need to check a website, it's really easy to open an incognito tab and just make sure that nothing's cached or whatever. Also, you know, there's always still those few things that just don't work in some browsers for God knows what reason. I'm glad I'm not a web developer. I never want to be a web developer, so <laughs> go web developers. Also, always have, like, links or e-links on my available, because you just never know. Oh, you need it, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of other things. I don't really... I mean, for XMPP, I use Pigeon, which is always open. We get monitoring alerts that way. We have internal chat rooms that we use. Mm. Hey, how's that working out for you? That's a pretty recent deployment, isn't it? Yeah, I've, I haven't gotten our whole infrastructure on the new monitoring, but the half that I did migrate is amazing because I get so many less emails now, at least when I'm at work. So I basically have it set up so when I'm online in the course of a day, normally, like, I just get XMPP messages and not emails, and then at 5 o'clock it sort of switches over and starts emailing me instead. Okay. That helps me focus on, like, actual emails during the day and not like, oh, this one machine has a load of 20, even though it's a 64-core node, I'm going to tell you about it. Which, really, that's just a bad threshold anyway, but... And the rest of your department's liking XMPP? Nobody else is actually on it yet. I mean, they're on it in the sense that they have accounts, but I'm the only one getting monitoring. Okay. So right now we have like triple duty monitoring because are you are you the only one in those in those uh, chats the mucks that you mentioned? No, everybody's in those. We have a couple for different purposes. So like they're using them. Yeah. yeah, they're using that. Okay. Yeah. Are they are they digging it though? Like are they are they feeling it or are they like oh this is better? They're kind of just now. like oh we could be using Slack. Oh, like, I knew it. I yeah. knew that was coming. Yeah, which <sighs> pisses me off because the other thing is like I just don't think they see the extensibility of XMPP. Or like, really in, in any in-house, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also just the security, like, mm -hmm. our messages never leave our building, essentially. Mm -hmm. The one thing is that I can't add, like, a personal XMPP account to the monitoring, which kind of pisses me off, because I would foreseeably do that, like, on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And then just have, like, a Raspberry Pi or something in my house with a speaker attached that would just literally get those messages. So if something was seriously on fire on a weekend that I was, like, on call, I would get that. You're not. Are you salary? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh boy. Yeah. So yeah, welcome, welcome to that life. Yeah. <laughs> I was, well, I was gonna say, if you're hourly, you shouldn't be worrying about the weekends, anyways. But if you're salary, have fun with that. Yeah. And truthfully, one of the other my coworkers lives like eight minutes away, whereas it's like a twenty minute drive for me. So mm. most times on the weekend, as long as he's around, he he just takes care of whatever it is. But yeah, he also does bad. travel a fair amount, so then it it falls on me. Mm. Okay. So yeah, I. if anybody has suggestions, since we're sort of talking about this, I am looking for more ways to make XMPP work for us in a meaningful way. So if you have experience using it in your environment in a professional way that, you know, increases productivity, be it internally or a way to work with collaborators or who the hell knows, I'm just open to suggestions. I've been looking at all kinds of different extensions, just trying to see like what might work for us in some situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I telecommute and the... 
I've telecommuted for like eight years or whatever across two different jobs now. And the last one, well, three different jobs technically. The last one, they used XMPP extensively. But I mean, we talk all the time, so I've shared ideas with you on that. I am going to have us go over to Payton now for his oh, workflow. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Okay. So we're going to discuss like uh, at home and at work stuff? Or? Yeah, whatever you want. Okay. Whatever you okay. feel comfortable right. sharing. So at home, I've got a uh, self-built. PC. It's running Arch. Uh, I game on that as well, Jathan. <clears throat> it's i5, 24 gigs of RAM, SSD, and then it's got a GTX 660 Ti, which still works really well. I mean, it handles pretty much everything I want to play. I do a lot of, I actually play a lot of WoW, No Man's Sky, War Thunder runs really well, runs at uh, cinema settings. Wait, you still play WoW? Yeah. I didn't know that. New, I'm starting I was, to make a comeback. Spec. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, uh, came out, thinking so about getting back into it, maybe. You should probably jump on my server, and we can play together. And I can make fun of you constantly. Duh. I have three screens. I have two set up. One, well, three screens. The one in the middle is uh, landscape. The one to the right is also landscape. And the one to the left is portrait mode. I like the portrait mm. mode for one screen, at least, for you know certain web pages or code or, or IRC in this in this instance, and then to the left of that, I have my work dock for my ThinkPad. I have a P50 running Ubuntu 16.04, and I have a Windows 7 VM for work purposes. And then to the left of that, I have a T43 that's set up on a little stand. I run Synergy for everything at home, and then behind me, I have a couple of servers that are running some small stuff. I've got Minecraft at home and stuff like that. The only box in the house that is not Arch is the work laptop, and then I also have a desktop for my girls, which is running Windows 8. And then directly behind me, actually, I have that Windows 8 desktop, and then to the left of that, I have a, an old Arch an old Arch laptop, which is uh, it's a System76, but it's not really a System76. It's a Clevo. It's mm-hmm. what System76 uses for their laptops. Mm-hmm. And that's my old laptop. I bought that in 2012, and it's got a, you know, it's pretty nice. It's pretty decent. Uh, it can handle pretty much everything, too. At work, I have two 30-inch screens. I run uh, Ubuntu at, at work, and then I have i3 that I use. Then I also have a Windows 7 laptop for other work purposes that travels with me home and, and whatnot. I use I have two different uh, Firefox profiles. I have a work Firefox profile, and then I have an at-home Firefox profile. I use Chrome occasionally. I've got Chrome set up so that I can use it if I need it for whatever reason. I don't really have a reason to use Chrome. I use it at work on one la- on my laptop, but I use Firefox on the desktop. I, le- I really like XFCE. I use that on almost everything. It's like my default go-to. I use Vim for any kind of any any kind of editing, but then I can also open up like G Editor Mousepad. I actually really like Mousepad. And I really like Gedit too. Uh, the work laptop is actually running uh, XFCE, and uh, yeah, yeah. I've started using Vim for a lot of my notes and whatnot, especially on my desktop at work. So that's obviously I have to have my mechanical keyboard at home here. I've got a really nice mechanical here. It's a um, it's a duck duck duck. Uh, it's a the duck zero or whatever the ducky mechanical keyboard. I'm, Drawing a blank on off the top of my head, and then I have a Corsair gaming mouse. What else do you want to know? Oh, I use Thunderbird. I use Thunderbird for mm-hmm. everything. I've got uh, my work laptop actually's got my Thunderbird set up with uh, all my encryption I need and everything. So it's. What were you mm-hmm. going to ask, Brent? Were you going to ask something? Do you have any? Do you have any like add-ons or plugins for Firefox? Yeah, I use the Tab Tree. I really like the Tab Tree for Firefox. 
It's the, I can actually read it to you. It's the, it's, it's tab tree. It puts it on the left or the right. And I really like that because it, it, it doesn't, it's not just across my top. And then you, you can actually like read what's there versus like sometimes the, the tabs get so small. You have no idea what they really are. So you have to like hunt and peck. Mm. I also really like the download status bar and I have disconnect, which makes the, it's supposed to disconnect you from like social services, social media. I have auto hype. <laughs> Yeah, social services. We're already disconnected also, from those. Uh, yeah, right. Same. I have auto high DPI installed, but it's not. It's disabled. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm. I like the the. I like really small fonts and things. Sure. And then I use uBlock Origin. I don't use AdBlock Plus because they provide ads, which yeah. really sucks. Yeah. I also have session history tree, which turns your history your session history into a browsable tree. I don't know what else to tell you that I have. I mean, I pretty much copy that over to everything. I use Enigmail on my Thunderbird client, and I also have the WebPG extension for Firefox. I like that. It's pretty nice. I like Thuner, but I tried out Dolphin or KDE, and it had Dolphin. I kind of like Dolphin, but mm. I don't know. It's just, I, I like I like Thuner better. Yeah. In the long run, it's just it just seems to work better for me. Got it. Well, that's about it. Cool. Let's see. I have two laptops, a desktop, and a network gateway. You you have one too. Peyton and I. Peyton's gateway is, is pretty similar to mine. It's almost almost exact. But I use Arch on all of those. I also have a Mac Mini that I just keep tucked away for testing. I don't really use it as part of my daily workflow <laughs> by any means. That's just unbearable to me but <laughs> but i i need it and i i managed to get it used for cheap so i'm like ah you know it's a tax write-off for me so whatever because i use it for work so mm-hmm. all of them run arch current stable yes jathan there is a testing for arch but uh i don't know anybody who uses it personally i actually for a very long time i actually had the testing repo enabled on my laptop at work oh yeah the the, the clevo I had it enabled then. It actually was not that bad. Probably more stable than Gentoo testing. <laughs> yeah, it only broke a couple of things. Okay. That's so, not too bad. Uh, yeah. For for as bleeding edge as, as Arch is, like especially their testing branch, right. you'd, you'd expect a lot more breakage, but I definitely think they're onto something with the keep it as close to upstream as possible kind of a thing. So Sure. Okay. So let's see. Arch current on all those. The the second laptop the one laptop is, is like I switch between my desktop and my laptop depending on if I want to work from my bed or work from my desk. <laughs> what are they? Tell us what they're Oh, I don't know. The desktop's a custom build and the laptop's a Samsung book. Nine, Ativ Book Nine, I think. Oh, okay. I keep our specs on the on the bio page, so just look there if you're curious. Yeah, I, I need to update mine. Let's see. Yeah, and the the second laptop is a Lenovo ThinkPad something or other. T five hundred, isn't it? Was that the one that was part of that batch? I think Woot. so. Com? Okay, yeah. yeah, I got it was, uh, at a Woot. Com for like three hundred bucks, and it's a great machine for three hundred bucks. So that's kind of like my nice. my burner laptop that I usually take to cons and stuff. That uses LXDE. But everything else that has a graphical interface is GNOME. GNOME. GNOME is the proper way of pronouncing it. I, I, I know. I was... The gateway doesn't have any sort of graphical interface on it, though. I guess for obvious oh, really? reasons. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't keep one on it. Hmm. And on my desktop, I usually I have two monitors, two screens attached. GNOME uses like virtual desktops, and they're like dynamic. So it always has N plus hmm. one. 
where n is the number of occupied desktops. So you can take a window, move it to the second virtual desktop, and it'll spawn another one after that uh, for you to use. Hmm. And then if a virtual desktop becomes empty, it'll take it away. So you, it, it's it's nice how they do that. I think I usually don't use I usually don't use more than one. I just alt tab a, a fuck ton. But on my second monitor, I usually just have a, a perpetual instance of Spotify open because, you know, I work from home and I listen to a lot of music. So Spotify is almost always open on that second monitor. Siberian throat singing. I'm all about the throat singing, actually. It's, it's funny you pick like, the weirdest thing you could and I'm like, actually, I kind of like it. Actually, I've listened, really like I've that. listened to it and I'm, I'm kind of into it. So they make fun of me because I, I always play Ravi Shankar. Oh, I, didn't, I haven't done it in a while, but I always play Ravi Shankar during, like, pre-meetings and stuff. Let's yes. see. Very, so two displays. Loud. I also almost always have GNOME Terminal and Firefox open on any machine, any given machine, because that's uh, that's that, that's that's just what I use. You know, like that's what oh. I use day in day out for work. Oh, oh. So I guess that answers which browser I use. <laughs> also, Thunderbird is usually open, not always, but usually because I just get emails on my phone. And if I'm working, Thunderbird's definitely open. As far as editors go, usually it's Vim slash VI, especially because that's that's just what's on the servers. The servers mm-hmm. are yeah, Vim VI, yeah. CentOS, yeah. But I'll usually use Gedit, but I'm starting to get into the habit of, of using brackets because it has a lot of plugins and it it's open source, but it's developed by Adobe. So I was kind of okay. dumbstruck by that. It seems more geared towards like web designers and web developers, especially with like the large amount of web language-based plugins they have, but there's a plenty of awesome ones in there that I find value in. There's a lot of Git plugins and stuff like that, spellcheck plugins. But it's pretty lightweight. It's I would say it's more lightweight than Gedit. Okay. But it provides a lot more functionality. So starting to get more into that. And email client, like I said, it's Thunderbird. And browser's Firefox. The add-ons. Here we go. You're re- yes. Are you ready for tell this? Me what, tell me what your add-ons are. Yeah. I'm so curious. I did use AdBlock Plus as well, but I am now also mm. using uBlock Origin because of that Good bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Grease Monkey, HTTPS everywhere. Ooh. No redirect. Ooh, no script. I so, haven't audited uh, yet, so I don't know what. I'm, go ahead. I got go a couple ahead, more, but I haven't audited it yet. But the saved passwords editor plugin. Which sounds like super sketchy and like it, it was made like in China or something, but it's a very useful plugin in interacting with Firefox's internal password database. I have that installed and user agent switcher for reasons that I won't go into on air. What were I, you saying? I can imagine why though. I can imagine why though. Yeah, yeah. What were you saying? Do you? Do, I don't know. Do you <laughs> have? Uh, do you have anything like? Uh, I know that Chrome allows something called a tunnel bear. Do you have anything like that on your browser? Uh, what is Tunnel Bear? It's like it's, it's basically a VPN. A VPN. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't think he needs that. No, I I, I don't. I I do that at the operating system level. Question, but Jay thought it was just a question. <laughs> Thank God. No, I uh, I I do all my VPNing at the operating system level with OpenVPN. Oh, that's good. If I'm testing, you know, there's IPsec and and PopTop and stuff. But sure, no, it's it's usually OpenVPN, and that's through systemd units. I do have. Obvious plug is obvious, but I do have Foxy Proxy Plus installed. But again, that's usually for work-related stuff because I work for Foxy Proxy. Right. So it's like testing the new plugin, trying to help a customer with some weird regex pattern issue they're having in their in their plugin, seeing if I can reproduce it. 
I don't use that too much because I don't really use proxies. Do do you use something called the... down them all? I'm sorry. Down them all. I used to. I used to have down them all. Now I just I don't know why I do this because it takes like five times longer. But I just <laughs> look through the the uh, the page source and just grab the direct link there and then just use curl. Yeah, that makes sense. No, it doesn't though because down them all. It's it's like I mean it makes sense for you. Yeah, sure. You know. Yeah. So now you know I, I I just use that I guess which is kind of not time effective but i don't know it's, it's how i prefer to do things so i'm not too worried about it no. uh, and then of course in thunderbird i have an mail because i'm a, a big proponent of gpg slash pgp mm-hmm. and i think that might be it i'm pretty sure that's it i do most of my scheduling between thunderbird and and my android phone so i don't really do any calendar apps or anything like that i have a calendar app just because i need to try, keep track of of uh stuff in my life bills and whatnot so i use that myself but yeah I, I mean, yeah i do but i use like google calendars for that because it integrates with my sure. android anyways and i just don't bother doing that sure. on my desktop yeah I, I think that's really it for us like i keep it pretty simple except for gnome it really like newer versions really are or gnome 3 i should say really is a lot more keyboard friendly than gnome 2 was yeah so, i would agree um, with that i can do Basically, the only time I ever need to touch a mouse is if I'm interacting with a website. But mm. yeah, I mean, except for GNOME, everything else is, I keep pretty simple. And I just kind of work around that. And if I really need to find some kind of fix for that, then yeah, I'll, I'll like have another thing spawn in the background when I log in. But usually I just try and adapt my workflow to the resources rather than the other way around. Sure. So that's- do you have any, do you have any, um, stuff running on your network like Plex or coding or anything like that? No, really the extent of that is I just keep like an, a little like external hard drive enclosure attached on, attached to my desktop for onsite backups. You know, I've got offsite mm-hmm. too, but I keep that for onsite backups and that's pretty much it. I don't really do like the mm-hmm. extent of that would be that, that sort of like, wide network top-down view sort of thing i guess the extent of that would probably be the unify uh what do they call it ac the thing that controls the ubiquities oh the uh the, oh okay. yeah 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 it's it's yeah, I've got yeah, a, the java software yeah the well it's the just your site or whatever you have a yeah it, it has a name and i can't remember the name of it but um whatever controller or something like that ubiquity controller. yeah yeah i think that's it, I think it was um so i run that on my gateway but that's pretty much the extent of like persistent network services that i run oh yeah yeah i, I don't do like plex or anything like that no oh, okay so, yeah that's that's it for me Jason. Yeah, for you it's huh? uh surprisingly not actually that many differences between all of us which i actually kind of anticipated like yeah i imagine that even though we use some of the same tools we probably use them really differently oh sure yeah but absolutely yeah but that's well, kind of the, the best part of linux if you ask me is there's so many options and we you also know. have pretty different jobs too. So, but yeah, it's true. it's astounding to me that we can take such a limited s- software selection. And we use like given our various combinations between the three of us, that's like three percent or whatever of like maybe I don't know. It, it, there's an astounding number of different combinations. We didn't even touch upon KDE or uh, yeah. or XFCE right. like really in depth. Or like if you're old school, Rat Poison for your window manager and stuff like that. Oh, my we God. didn't even touch upon that. And yeah. there's a lot of options there, which is why I always want to make sure, like, op- options are good. Find something that really works for you. Yeah. It's going to take some time, definitely. But... You know, the other thing, sort of along the same lines, is it's really easy to just, like, use what you know. But 
for the longest time for me, that meant just using Nano because it was what I had always used. But what? Nano. Oh, Nano, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nano, yeah. But, you know, once I finally took the time to learn Vim, I was so thankful. And now it's like, I don't even know how I used Nano before. Well, I, mm. I got to tell you, I mean, I, I gave a presentation at Plug one time and I opened up Nano and I heard nano who uses that and i was like crap so i opened up vim and i had to i went i went from there you know i just used vim to to do what i needed to do and and i mean it was you know it was a it was an eye-opening experience yeah when you when you actually learn like the basic vim commands like how to quit save write and quit Mm -hmm. when you actually get those under your belt and you run through vim tutor like the first time and you're actually start using it after a day you're like holy crap how did i ever use anything else yeah and then I found out Vim supports regex, and I was like, "Holy <laughs> crap!" Like, I don't. You mean I don't need to like said and then cat it or or less it or something to to make sure the change was okay? Yeah, and you know, it supports undo, redo. Yeah, of course. I'm, awesome. I'm talking in the context of text editors, but the same thing should apply. Like, you know, uh, Brent just said that he's been trying out brackets. Mm-hmm. try a new editor like it's a pretty low consequence thing you can do and you might find something that works really well for you and you know our primary editors are never really visual ones it seems but for someone who is you know try something else see if you like it give it a shot yeah i right if you're a developer you i especially a web developer i definitely would recommend brackets i haven't used adam but it sounds like adam is pretty much a direct competitor of brackets too so give that a shot try them both i mean they're open source you don't need to pay for a license there's no like demo evaluation period or anything hell use them both mm. at the same time like if that becomes your permanent workflow all the better listen here now i mean we're, we're talking you're talking madness here <laughs> St- supposed to be editor wars gosh darn it <laughs> just don't but- use emacs and we're okay <sighs> Yeah, I honestly, I think Emacs is on its way out. I I see its usage just plummeting. I remember, like, even just five years ago, it had such a higher use space, and now it's it's just going down and down. Yeah, well, I, you know, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I have, I, I have nothing I, I can say about that. I, I, I don't, not anything good, at least, you know. And to be fair, I tried Emacs. Yeah, I, I did. I did too. For and I, I forced I myself for like, to use it like for a week or so, but mm-hmm. I, it was just so freaking crazy it's cumbersome right it it feels it It feels feels, clunky and you know for some people it works whatever but yeah 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 and i've noticed like usually developers more than admins or engineers tend to go for it which is fine like you know like it's basically an ide at that point at the at the point it is now with all the plugins it supports and you know more power to you if it works for what you do but i and i suspect this is jathan i found it just really clunky clunky and and uncomfortable to use like the control this control that yeah for me like the fact that i don't have to leave my home row of keys to use vi is Hmm. is powerful Mm -hmm. yeah and the same is not necessarily true of emacs yeah yeah i mean there is an emacs plugin where you can use vi type key bindings but (laughs) because of course there is right uh so have you ever heard you know you know the saying like everything but the kitchen sink yeah there's there is an icon pack for emacs called kitchen sink so it literally has everything and the kitchen sink i think i've heard of that actually. yeah i mean it has like an irc client it it's oh my god really it's the the joke about emacs being the os is is like 
pretty spot on because it's yeah right. but it's more than what i want in an editor so like you know if it works for you that's fine that's great we we talk in depth about uh emacs and vi in a past episode i'll link to it in the show notes but that's not something i want to rehash because we're already at an hour eight and we still got to do the baddie so oh, anyone shit, else yeah. have any closing thoughts on on the discussion uh basically uh you know just use what you feel comfortable with mm-hmm. is what i would say if anybody has a, has a question or they you know, I mean, I'd be willing to try out something for somebody if they really wanted and give my thoughts. I mean, I, I have used KDE, and I like it. Not a lot. Started on KDE, I, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't use it regularly. I just found that, too, all, this, all the stuff that you need to set it up is outside of where the normal operating system stuff is, mm-hmm. I felt like. And so it just didn't appeal to me that much, really. I mean, if you need high DPI support, then that's fine, whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, yep. yeah, that's about, that's about all I have to say, really. Jaython? Yeah, uh, I don't really have much to add to it. I mean, of course, uh, like Brent mentioned, I think earlier in the episode, we always really like to hear from people. So mm-hmm. if you have a suggestion for us, if you want to just tell us what you do, we'd be happy to hear from you. Yeah, and we're always looking to for try sure. the Yeah, the and if you're interested in user in our take on anything that we uh, we talked about, we're happy to chat about it further. I mean, I like mm-hmm. sharing my workflow and talking about how I'd get things done. Yeah. IRC is definitely going to be the easiest way to interact with all three of us at once. By yeah, the way. just don't ping me and walk away. Yeah, yeah well, like you do. Yes, ping him and walk away. Yes, <laughs> that's Please what. Well, that. that's what he does too. So. Please. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He'll still. He'll say, guys. And, <laughs> guys, and we'll guess say, what? Yes, and, and we'll say it immediately. Three hours it's later. Not like we waited. It's not like we said yes two hours later. We said yes immediately. But we hear nothing for three hours. Then he's like, guys, and we're like, yes. Oh, I wanted to. Yeah right, dude. Whatever. The worst is is like three three hours later when he gets back and like he's like, oh, I forgot. You did that like <laughs> you only did that once or twice, but that was even worse because like I'm like, well, now we'll never know. What if it was something important? Anyways, yeah, well, whatever. Jathan, you want to take the baddie? Sure, I will Kay. take. I think will take the baddie. Uh, I just had to find. Uh... <laughs> does anybody? What does this mean? Bods? <laughs> Bots? What? 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 This is the baddie, right? What? The childcare app? Yes. What the fuck is this? Uh, Bods? Uh, uh, listen, dude. Who, who knows? Right, I, I'm going to read that line. You, you read it yourself can, can you and figure just, out what the fuck this Can you just read means. it? Or, uh, no. Childcare app Bods wipe users' data, then discover, then discover backups had been borked for a year. Okay. That's the funny part. Yeah, that's the no, funny part. No, it gets funnier. Read the subheading. Yeah. Just keep reading. So, and this is all all the weekend before kids go back to school. That's the part I found funny. Keep going. Yeah. So, uh, I'll, I'll read a little bit of this here. It was with great regret, and that's in quotes, that Orbit, makers of an app for professional child, child care services, informed its customers that it lost all of their data during a weekend site upgrade. Wow. Before discovering... That their backups hadn't been working for a year. And that's where things got even better in the summer. Okay, so first of all, I'm just going to say, you should have something in place to audit your backups on a fairly regular basis, first of all. But Mm -hmm. at the very least, if you're going to do an update, at least fucking spot check a couple and make sure, like, everything's backed up. Right. But in any case, uh, Orbit describes itself as, (laughs) in quotes again, a secure website, which provides, in quotes again, the Orbit Early Years app. For early years, providers and practitioners, available through Apple's App Store. The app is free, but contains advertising directory directed at nursery school managers and similar early child years carers. What the hell? 
So basically, ahead of the new school year, which begins next week, Orbit updated its website to implement the new site. It tried to populate the new and pristine setup from its backup database of providers' details. Oh. Unfortunately, womp, 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 it was at this point that it discovered the database backup had not been working properly over the past 12 months. We can we can stop there because yeah, that's, you can that's read the rest, but but that's that's the point. So basically, like they're their backups over the past year, literal year, are scorched earth. They're totally unusable. I can't imagine doing anything like, like I'm, and it's good that this came up because I'm doing back. I'm literally doing backups this week for for work. Yeah, so I'm actually in the process of writing backup that. audits, rather. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. I'm in the process of writing a script to audit our backups. Wouldn't that be? I mean, that's generally speaking, that's a resume generating event right there. What is? Not having your backup done. I'd say you're, that's a resume-killing event. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're going to have to write a resume out, and, oh. you know, and that's that's the person who is responsible for that is going to have to, you know, get a new job. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I know. And hopefully it's not just one person. Jesus. <sighs> I mean, if you're, like, a big provider for public. Uh, in any case... Minutia aside, it's obviously a bad situation. There is nobody cited in this article who is a responsible party. Yeah, but um, I really, ha- I really hate how how so many of our baddies are anonymous. Yeah, I think literally the only people we we've had names <laughs> attached to was the first one and last week when it was you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but whatever. the good news is if we ever actually make like trophies for these, you're gonna have one with your name engraved on it. That's fucking sweet. I wonder what the, what would we make the trophy look like? Like maybe like a Razzie kind of thing, maybe. I, uh, I was thinking like maybe just a like a one U server on a <laughs> with like a hammer stuck in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, so that's so basically this this company is probably not doing too well right now. So best of luck to you guys, but have fun I with would, that. Yeah, so that's and, that's our baddie. Our hats off. Go. Our hats go off to you. Wow. I'm not, like, I don't even feel buzzed. This is, I think I'm just tired. It's trashed. No, I'm not trashed. I'm just exhausted. Everyone, he's drunk. I I'm not, no. You guys have heard me when I'm drunk. I'm not drunk. Yeah, we've heard you all fucking talking about your calculator. <laughs> oh, Definitely my have heard you drunk. <laughs> Definitely heard you about the, co- the calculator. You guys need to stop, man. <laughs> that is. You said will, it. That is my accent more stop. than anything. We will, we will never stop. Can't get us to stop. It's just never gonna happen. Yeah, it's like one of those things I'm never gonna live down. Whatever. Right. Whatever. Whatever. Anyways, we're. Anyways. I think we're ready to end this. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Okay. Cool. So this has been System Minutes Trivia. I'm Brent. I'm Jonathan. I'm Pete Cox. A thriving flower is all I ever hoped. We will go on like how we are, what we have been told. You see, everything's it seemed like we made you, but all it means for the thing that we got into. to me
Wake up.